Now, chances are you have eaten uh, with my next guest in that that removed intimacy that exists between someone writing about food and someone eating it. And it's that's an attachment. And we all have our favourites, our, our Yotams and our, our Annas. I wonder, I wonder if Rachel Roddy is one of yours. Uh, you will be a pasta fan if she is, I'm guessing, although... Uh, a recent column offering of an oatmeal and raisin biscuit has <laughs> has secured my my vote soundly. Uh, Rachel is a food writer, Guardian columnist, author of the award-winning Five Quarters, followed by Two Kitchens, her latest book, An A to Z of Pasta. Rachel, welcome. It's lovely to be here, and thank you for such a lovely introduction. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to cook those biscuits. I'm... <laughs> The, yeah, actually, I was going to say you're introducing me in pasta, and actually, that's a, a recipe for oat and raisin biscuits, and then a column about the 1970s and a tea lady in the middle of Middle England, which seems a very <laughs> long way from pasta. But um, yeah, but my, my my column moves all over the place. It shows that the breadth of your interests. I mean, and that's a, an interesting observation, moving all over the place, because the act of writing about food is in fact the act of writing about everything, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I was, I'm was i based in Rome, but I was in Molise for a few days when the column had gone live on the Guardian website. And so I was, as you do, reposting that on social media. And I was in, on an, in an ancient Roman city in the middle of Molise talking about sheep and I'm and I'm thinking about oat and raisin cookies, and my editors asking if I've spelt the tea lady's name right. So I'm half of me's in 1970s in my dad's office, um, you know, dunking biscuits and tea, and and my feet are in this in this ancient town. So it was a very <laughs> sort of extremes, but absolutely, it is everything, isn't it? And it's a sort of universal shared, which is what makes it so beautiful. I'm writing about me, but I feel I'm. I'm writing about us all. Sounds a bit presumptuous, but it's this shared, this shared experience which makes food writing so lovely. Oh, and then there's that that subsequent ultimate sharing of consuming the thing that you have described, which is there's a beautiful intimacy in that. Well, exactly. And actually, when I first started writing about food, and actually I started writing a blog, and I remember reading blogs good ones where there would be, I don't know, a story, a bit of history, a bit of geography, and then a recipe, and then you got to eat. And I remember reading (laughs) early blogs, as I had cookbooks, but blogs more than books maybe. And I thought, it's perfect. Like, it it couldn't be better. All my favourite things, good writing, bits of history, bits of geography, plenty of personal gossip, and then a and then a recipe that we get to make and eat, and it's so it's seen the perfect form. And actually, fifteen years later, I'm still doing the same thing. You know, arguably, as my brother said, repeating the same thing week after week, just with a different recipe. <laughs> Is there nothing wrong with <laughs> yeah, that? <just> literally. <laughs> Let's go to pasta. Um, an A to Z of pasta is is an intimidating prospect. There there being so many varieties. Yeah, I know. And actually, it was the book I said I'd never write. And I mean, there are 1,300 pasta shapes. <laughs> I mean, some of them are, you know, multiple names for similar shapes. But actually, fascinatingly, you know, each one a bit different. So there are so many. And I, and I always thought of it as this universe with various galaxies. And and I mean, I'm, I'm English. I've lived in Italy for nearly 20 years. But, you know, I'm, I'm an enthusiastic consumer of pasta. But it, it seems such a big universe that one, but actually... I had a wonderful editor. I have a wonderful editor. And when we started talking about how we 
we could possibly um, tell a story of Pasta. And because it was a universe, I also thought of it as a universe and a big jigsaw with 1,300 pieces. And when she suggested that we could make a smaller jigsaw that wasn't, of course, the story of Pasta, but a story of Pasta, and that we could maybe have less pieces, maybe 50, which initially seemed preposterous, but actually once you start putting, picking the corners and the edges, it was just like doing a jigsaw. I realised we could tell a story of pasta. And, and, then, and then I did. So I've made a small jigsaw. And I hope that, I hope that picture of pasta reflects. It was, it was, it was in, enormous fun to do. It's, it's a testament to my ignorance. But I, I was, and, and you mentioned <laughs> galaxies within that, that broader universe. I was unaware of the, you know, the names for particular forms. Tubular pasta is, is, is grouped under a, a category name. There are several of those. Yeah, that was actually, it's interesting how you divide the pasta up. I mean, I'm saying there's all these galaxies. I, all the time I was writing, I was trying to rationalise. I kept wanting to draw pictures like, you know, these are the, you know, these are the drag shapes, these are extruded shapes, this is the sort of historical lineage. Because, I mean, the history of pasta is the history of Italy. But of course, mm. it's also the history of the world. You know, it's a global history. And But I kept trying to group them and, and I kept getting in terrible trouble. <laughs> I realised that these, these pasta shapes were quite disobedient and they refused to be grouped. But you can group them into, rather than fresh and dried, actually, there's a very nice grouping by a wonderful Italian food historian and she groups them into, um, you know, little tiny shapes, the pastina, dragged shapes like orecchietti and cavatelli, all those shapes you made by dragging dough on, on a surface, the extruded shapes, you know, the spaghetti, the tubes, the things you get by pushing through, the cut shapes, you know, anything you make from a sheet. So she does nice divisions. We've got six and they are, um, which I found more helpful than fresh and dried. Mm. But I repeat, these shapes are disobedient. I mean, they're cheeky. Like they do not like to be, <laughs> to be put into strict <laughs> categories, which is probably a bit like food itself, isn't it? It was, it was quite nice. It's a bit like initially when everyone would say to me, oh, there are so many you know, food, food rules in Italy, and you do this and you do that. And I, and I think one thing I've discovered is that may be the case, but there's also a very good chance that the exact opposite will also be true. It, it, there's, there's a glorious cycle here from, from, the, from the point of which um, that to have an English woman, an English writer, describing, you know, with some authority and precision the, the varieties of pasta. This is a long way from Elizabeth David introducing spaghetti to the... The British people. I mean, there's been a substantial leap has taken place between those two points. God, well, I owe so much to Elizabeth David. Yeah, and, and and can I say, without you know, I'm I'm really proud of the book. I I do I do enjoy my position as a foreigner here, and I hope I'm respectful. You know, I'm aware that it's not. You know, well, it sort of both is and isn't my food, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, mm. it is. It's everybody's food. So I hope, and I don't, and I don't feel like an expert, even though I feel I know. A lot. I hope I'm a an informed um, enthusiast, and uh, and I say I couldn't have done I, I couldn't have written the book without my teachers, um, particularly the great Carlo Tomasi and Rino Poletti in Bologna, and then you know and 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 you know previous writers who've who've collected and you know and, and sort of documented this extraordinary history, which of course is it grows. I'm always bewildered when people. Get, sort of get, I don't know, restrictive or prescriptive about food because mm. I just feel it's like a, a piece of pasta. It just swells. It just swells in the water. <laughs> and it's the most democratic, generous thing there is. So so it's, yeah, I find I found it to be an expanding, expanding subject. And of course, there's new shapes invented every year. So 
So it's it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> of course there are. Your, your own journey here, uh, I mean, you mentioned before dunking biscuits in your, your father's office. And I, I suspect I'm not sure which part of the United Kingdom you're from. I think somewhere somewhere in the Midlands, perhaps? In the, well, 30 minutes north of London. So middle of the middle, home counties, Harpenden. But it's a, a small town that I couldn't wait to leave. Middle of the middle of the middle, I felt. But but um, but I grew up there and then moved to London, but, you know, in, in sort of in my late teens. There's a point where you throw it all in and, and, and dash to Italy and, and, and arrive in Naples, which is the most, I, I, I imagine the most sort of overwhelming sensory and sensual experience to, to suddenly be in that place, that, that most extraordinary of cities. Yeah, it was. It really was. I, I don't remember very much about that. I remember more more about, about arriving in Palermo, which is equally, makes an equal impression, but hmm. actually seemed a lot calmer. Yeah, it's funny. Yes. I, I, you know, I've tra- I travel back to Sicily a lot. And it's it's funny, but yeah, it was it was a big change. It was it was a big change, and it was a good change. Also, I didn't speak any Italian at all, um, and I, I mean, twenty years on, I'm okay, not as good as I should be. My Italian's fine, but I didn't understand anything, which was quite which was quite nice actually. It meant that I existed in this noise, <laughs> and even for my first few years in Italy, actually, I think that probably one of the reasons I started writing about food was because I cooking with people didn't require words. And see, it was, excuse me, actually, it was better without them sometimes because I could watch people. So I, want, I wonder whether that was one of the reasons I think I started writing because I was cooking and I was, and it was nonverbal and then I put it back into words again. So that was a, an interesting process. That's a remarkable process. I, I, I'm, you're in Rome, but you're, you're not, well, that's, 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 that's imprecise, is it not? You're in a particular part of Rome. Yes, I'm in a part of Rome called Testaccio which is the old slaughterhouse district. So like all of Rome, very we've got ancient ancient monuments, well actually an ancient rubbish dump that that rears its head and you know bits of ancient arches from ancient warehouses, but it's a relatively modern part of the city. So this so Testaccio was the brave new world, so when Italy was unified in 1860 and Rome became capital, but, little bit after it, this area was developed for, mostly for people working in the slaughterhouse so it's a very distinct area it looks very distinct it's a grid pattern and it is shaped like a piece of cheese which i think is another reason why i write about food it's, it's a great big wedge and it's rather ge- geographically it's it's got a nice it's very delineated so it feels very contained and it's you know it's one of many quarters in rome but it has a strong identity and a very plenty of food the old slaughterhouse, there were lots of butchers, there were lots of restaurants, there's a lively market. It's a nice place to live, so I've always been here. I think I'm quite afraid to to leave. I think I thought, well, if I'm going to write about food, you know, and not be Italian, I better know where I live. So I I became a local local expert on testaccio. To, to, to take us back to pasta, we, we, we must go to the step before that to to flour, to the resource from which that is made. Although, of course, there are, there are so many things which can become pasta of some sort. Yeah, of course. And and actually, I have to remind myself always that, you know, the wheat we know now and recognise now was, was very different 
at the beginning of the story of pasta. You know, we're talking about different different varieties and. But yeah, the, the, I mean, the pasta lexicon can be made. There's pasta made of, you know, obviously wheat. There's pasta made of, you know, of every single grain. There's pasta made of, you know, of, of, of chickpeas, of rice flour, of lupin flour, um, of chestnut, you know, chestnut flour, um, all these broad bean flour. I suppose, you know, anything, breadcrumbs. It's a huge, huge family. And again, you know, so reminding myself that, you know, the, the ingredients I know now, of course, are, are, are modern, are, you know, have developed from, you know, are very different from the ancient products we would have known. So, yeah, the story of pasta, though, is it's quite, I mean, it's I'm always relieved when Oretta Zanini di Vita, who's a wonderful food historian who compiled the Encyclopedia of Pasta, which is a masterpiece. She really did look at those 1300 shapes and it was an oral history. And, um, and I, th- I don't think anyone could really write about pasta without that that masterpiece but you know she 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 sort of charts these extraordinary food ways for some of these shapes and she's always reminding how different they were and and also how how cloudy the history is you know things we don't know um and the things we continue to learn did that answer your question i, I went yeah. off on a cloudy food way then <laughs> i drifted off but, but food, it's a big the, subject it's funny talking about it now i feel i feel myself going to panic i think i need a plate of pasta to calm myself down <laughs> so have that effect yeah. i just i would the great thing about writing the book as well of course is that i was cooking you know cooking all the time so every time it got overwhelming i would just eat you know i would eat pasta and beans that's my that resets me on that that subject of, of simple pasta and and that that previous thing we talked about that notion of, of habit and repetition and i a thing that you said about happily eating that through the seasons to discover the nuance of flavour of tomatoes from some point of the summer to the later point of the summer, the way that those tastes change. And that's, I guess, the great the great joy in those repetitions and that familiarity is the bringing out of, of those nuance and, and small distinctions. Yeah, absolutely. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, tomato sauce is a good example, isn't it? And for me, pasta and beans, but yeah, you know, the, t- the tin tomatoes, the winter, and then all, all, all the endless variations, like variations on a theme. And then now actually, you know, summer's starting. So we do have, you know, lovely fresh tomatoes. No, absolutely. I do. I, I think probably my, my favourite recipe, my favourite recipes in the book, I like, I love all the, the, the bean and pasta stew soups and stews, which I have to say, I, when I first encountered them, I hadn't grown up with those. And I, they felt quite double, <laughs> Be, you know, things with, you know, pasta and beans seemed to, seem to me like, a, a, I don't know, it was like having bread and bread. Um, and actually then it would be pasta and beans and potato, double, triple carbohydrate. But actually those dishes, though, pasta and beans and pasta and chickpeas and pasta and lentils, you know, the, the, the big, like a thick soup with pasta cooked in it, maybe with cheese, maybe with a bit of chilli on top, maybe with a bit of bacon inside. But I think that that family of dishes that exist all over Italy with little variations, the herb, you know, the amount of tomato, whether it's got meat or not. I think they taught me to cook again. I mean, I knew how to cook when I came to Italy, but I felt I learned some of the basic principles by those dishes. And actually, I still feel that way. I still, I remember making the Roman version of pasta and beans where you just, you boil some beans and then they've got the, you know, the bean, the bean cooking liquid, which is quite tasty from the beans that you've soaked. And then you, and then you make, you know, you cook garlic, and chili and loads of rosemary you know you can put anything else that you want in there and then you put the beans back in and then you put the pasta in and then olive oil or cheese on top like it felt it felt 
like simple magic when I made that. And actually that that hasn't gone away. That 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 just grows and grows. Um see I've gone off in a I've gone off in a pasta and fagioli galaxy. I do think it's a whole galaxy. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it probably is a spiral. Did that, did that make sense? <laughs> did that make sense? I've written that column. 37 times which you can find on the guardian website <laughs> my repetition has been noticed that that thing of the of learning i mean you have a family history you, your grandmother was was in the uh, the hospitality trade at the, at the gardener's arms yes my granny's pub in oldham which is near manchester it, it, it was she was a lovely pub traditional pub for locals and um and she served food i mean simple pies sandwiches chicken and chips but she was a good cook, my granny, and she was hospitable, and she loved to read as well. So I think, you know, I, 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 owe, I owe quite a lot to her. But also, what was interesting is that when I came to Rome, because I didn't know Italy at all, mm. and I went into trattorias and osterias and taverns, I, it took me a while to realise that they were very familiar. And I realised that they reminded me of really good English pubs. And that might sound preposterous, but actually the spirit of them, family-run comfortable somewhat you'd go and have something to drink and something to eat that, that that spirit of hospitality and of course actually they're the same route the same origins you know pubs they both originated from taverns you know in rome or the the osterias and the trattorias actually in you know in ancient rome were, were sort of taverns somewhere you'd drink and have something to eat so and obviously as a food writer from england living in italy i'm really pushing that agenda yes. <laughs> of that link but it <laughs> but it was a but it was a good way it was i i do still think that i do still think that trattorias you know a, they remind me of, of a really good English pub. The other, the other bridging thing, I mean, apart from that, that that sort of sense of the the air of hospitality is is the role of the grandmother, of course, and, and the grandmother or the nonna, a famous uh, carrier of, of of legend and and secret in the world of pasta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my and my granny really was. Like, funny enough, I've never thought of that. I, it's funny because I don't think of her as, a, but you're right. I mean, she was she was she was a strong woman as well. I mean, she was. Um, I have to be careful as a writer that I don't, you know, I'm always exaggerating things for effect. <laughs> but actually, I mean, she was, you know, she was a very, she was, a, you know, she ran, she was a pub landlady. You know, she was dead glamorous. She had a strong hand. I mean, she dealt with a pub of, you know, it was a it was a working area. You know, it was a pub full of, you know, men, women, and families. But you know, predominantly men. I mean, she, you know, she she ruled. She rang the bell like, you know, she called last orders. She kept that very lively pub in order. You know, it was a big. It was a, it was a, it was a proper drinking pub. So so yes, and, and as I say, and also the food was there because to make sure that everyone had something something to eat. You know, you can have seven pints, but you're going to have a sandwich too, or a pie. So she, I suppose she, she was my nonna, but she was sort of strong in that sense. And I and I encountered that a lot in Italy. Although I'm always wary of this. You know, there's, there's quite a lot of romanticising. I think about about certain figures. But yeah, at the end of the day, we're we're, we're passing through families, aren't we? And and you know, and grandmas are are links with the past and the present. Do you have? And I, I suspect you might have answered this already with with, with that that beautiful dish, which is still living in my memory of, of beans with the rosemary and the garlic and the oil. But is is there a favourite in, in in your mind? What would be your your final death row pasta dish? I re- I really like like many people. I do like spaghetti with vongole, spaghetti with clams. Or actually, lupini, the little the little clams. I think that's another magical dish. You know, you you know, you open the clams in a hot pan. Some people with garlic, some people with oil, some people with wine. So you get this, you know, clam liquor, don't you? And then in goes the pasta, and 
I always used to think that flicking, you know, the pasta and the sauce was something that only Italian grandmas or chefs could do. But actually that bringing, you know, bringing everything together, because, of course, the, the starch from the pasta, that's so often the, the thing that brings it all together. I do love spaghetti with clams. Maybe that would be spaghetti with clams on a beach. Again, though, the, I mean, the, the linking element is, is that, that, that you know, I think you described it as a simple magic. The, the elements here are not overwrought. This is the simple things holding their flavours in, in glorious combination. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, in saying that, there was some wonderful, you know, I must say, doing the book as well, I was quite intimidated by Emilia Romagna, you know, the world of lasagna and tortellini and tortelloni and all those very this elaborate, complex. rich... Yes. Um, which you know, and I do, and there's so so there so there's also, I mean, they're just absolutely glorious. But but yes, I would say day to day, you're right. Also because you know that it's everyday cooking, isn't it? It is. It's day in day out. It, it's good food on the table. And again, talking about you know lunchtime, I mean that's you know that pasta with tomato sauce, pasta with beans, pasta with sausage, pasta with greens, you know, pasta with pesto, pasta with you know clams or mussels or, or a mixture of both or tomato and onion. You know these very just the, the, these sort of these endlessly good everyday dishes that that just bring joy and also are different every time. And perhaps that's why the the, the special dishes, the the more complex things dealing with pasta, have to be so intricate because there is this this common base of, of readily understood, very simple food to 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 have something shine above that. It it needs effort and and great deliberation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they do. Actually, I'm, and actually, I've been in Emilia Romagna again. They are they, they, they are masterpieces, especially lasagna. But also, you know, it isn't it? It's wonderful how dishes can there can be different iterations of sort of the same things. You know, you can have a fantastic lasagna. I think there's a Sicilian lasagna, an everyday one, which is quite you know sort of layers and pasta with tomato. And then it, or, or my partner's family, you know, that, that sort of you know you could you can enrich that in many ways. I mean, you could put you know a bit of meat in it, or you could put little meatballs in it, or you could put some maybe some cheese or some hard-boiled egg the Sicilians love where my <laughs> Sicilians love putting hard-boiled egg or peas in this lasagna or you could put all of them <laughs> so suddenly you've got this very basic version or you've got what can only be described as like high baroque lasagna you know bechamel too and ricotta it's just so you I think I love those um I find those entertaining too but I think Italy's taught me that as have other countries I mean I just happen to live here but you know the, the sort of the, the the playful entertaining endlessly generous nature of, of pasta as a food and and, and in in the universe in a universal way Rachel, I think I think we are we are roundly convinced. Uh, the book of which we speak is an A to Z of pasta stories, shapes, sauces, recipes, and its author is Rachel Roddy. Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel Roddy, food writer, Guardian columnist. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.